Good morning, everybody, and Merry Christmas. It's great to see everybody here today, and uh, we're going to have a just a, an, a, it's already been an amazing time of worship for me. I'm so, so thankful that we have such talented people around here. Um, Jesus is the reason why we're here, right? When we go out every Christmas Eve, uh, and sometimes a few days beforehand, we'll drive around the city and we'll be looking for lights, you know, to find out where we think some of the best lights are. And this, year, this was just an amazing thing. Right below uh, the Sacred Heart Children's Wing, maybe you've driven by there, but it's just fantastic. That photo was taken by Michael Franklin, who's helping us take photos this morning out in the lobby. But uh, what a beautiful, beautiful sight. And I love the lights of Christmas because they always remind me of the hope that we have. I think of these kids who are looking out kind of from the Sacred Heart Children's Wing down at this park and looking at those lights, and it gives them kind of that hope, the hope of healing. And I think of then again the food and the friendship and family and the stuff that we do together as we hang out together. And it reminds me of the hope that God brings for restored and renewed relationships because we need restored relationships, don't we? I mean, so many of us are hurting in our relationships. And, and then, of course, the gift giving. Come on, that's my favorite part. And it reminds me of the fact that God gave his one and only son and that there's hope in salvation. I know that there's people here this morning that maybe Christmas season and Christmas time is a difficult time for you because it reminds you of a loss. It reminds you of someone that's not maybe even with you this morning. And it can be tough, and it can be difficult. And I just want to remind you that there is the hope of heaven, that this earth is not all there is, and that we live for eternity. We live with a hope with, inside of our hearts that extends beyond just this life. Christmas is the hope of rescue, that Jesus Christ came to this earth to rescue us, to give us hope, to bring light in our darkness, to rescue us and deliver us from evil. And he came as this sinless baby in fragile flesh, born as a human being, the very son of God, in order to help us find our way back to God. Have you ever been in a situation where you needed to be rescued? I, I have, like, multiple times throughout my life. I remember one particular time. Uh, it was a couple years ago. We were heading over to Seattle. We went through Leavenworth, and I can't imagine how beautiful Leavenworth would be today. But we went through Leavenworth. It was in the summer, and so it was all green. There was no snow. We went over the pass. It was beautiful. Blue sky day. And we end up on the I-5 going into Seattle, but heading in from the north. It was 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It was rush hour traffic. And so there were four lanes of traffic. We're in the middle. Everybody's doing about 50 miles an hour. And our car all of a sudden begins to stop in the middle of that traffic. And we just freaked out. There's nothing we could do. The, the water pump had blown up. The timing belt had burned out. And we were like at a dead standstill. We're just waiting on like a truck doing 50 miles an hour to bash us from the rear. And we can't get out of the car. We have to just stay there. And let me tell you, we started to pray. And the prayer went like this. Help! 
I mean, it wasn't flowery. It wasn't long. Have you ever had those kind of rescue prayers where it's like, we don't have time to think up anything fancy. It's just like, help God. And I see that in the scripture all of the time. King David prayed over and over. Read the Psalms. You'll see he was constantly calling out to God for help and for rescue. And there are times in our life, whether it's a, a car problem, thankfully there was a tow truck that was like a quarter mile back. And I'm serious, like right after we prayed, all of a sudden this tow truck comes up. And he, he like hooks up and pulls us out of the way and kind of saves the day. But you know, it can be a car problem, but it can be something a lot more serious, like a relationship that's tanking. It can be finances that's strangulating you. It can be kind of mental anguish emotional anguish. There are things that happen in, in this life that we didn't even create or cause, and yet it just feels like they're happening to us, and we don't know what to do, and we can't even dig ourselves out of it. We all come to those places in our life when no matter how hard you try, you can't fix it, and we need rescue. We need God's rescue. We need something beyond ourselves, and I'm thankful that Christmas represents that rescue. Uh, we, we watch movies around this time of year. I bet most of you watch the Christmas movies, and I love them. And I, it just reminded me again, you know, as I'm watching one of the movies for the 49th time, that, that so many of the themes of these Christmas movies is somebody trying to rescue Christmas. You know, because we don't have enough Christmas spirit or Santa falls off a roof and Tim Allen gets in the Santa suit or there's any, you know, Kevin McAllister is doing something to, you know, save his house. And I mean, there's always somebody trying to rescue Christmas. And the funny thing is, is Christmas doesn't need rescuing. It's safe and secure. I need rescuing. You need rescuing. Here's what the Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. Let's read it together. It says, For he, God, has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sin. Dramatic rescue. I mean, think of the imagery of that, that God is taking us out of this dark place, and he's placing us into this place of light with his dear son. I love that. Darkness and light are themes that we often read about in the Bible. The prophet Isaiah, hundreds of years in advance to the coming of Jesus at that first Christmas, Isaiah said this in Isaiah chapter 9. He said, in that time, speaking about when Jesus would come, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. God's saying, I'm going to send you a light, and his name is Jesus. The human condition described here is that we all walk in darkness. And darkness is a theme that's spoken of over 200 times in the Bible. And it simply means Anyone, anytime we're living a life apart from God, whenever we try to live life on our own terms, kind of in our own wisdom, with our own strength, and we're kind of ignoring God's care, his love, his provision, 
Whatever, whenever we wander away from that, we begin to walk in what the Bible talks about as darkness. You know, we have these important decisions to make, and we don't know what to do. Or we look around the world, and there's chaos, and there's evil, and that can make you negative and cynical and really fearful. Or we suffer loss, and then we wonder why. Why did this have to happen? And our heart can become so distressed and depressed and anxious. Or there's even the darkness of my own heart. This past week, Tisa and I got into kind of a little tip, a little argument, and uh, around money, go figure, you know, this time of year. And it was like around a little bookkeeping mistake, and I was, I was kind of miffed, I was upset, and so I was adopting, I guess, like a tone of voice. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> But Tisa said, hey, I don't, you know, there's a ton of voice right now. Can you kind of, can you kind of not do that? You're, it feels like you're talking down to me. And so, you know, I, of course, I was so thankful that she pointed out that character problem in me. And <laughs> I immediately thanked her for that. Right. No, of course not. I said some things that were kind of insensitive. And uh, I, I, I walked out of the room. And... And then I thought to myself, man, Mike, anything would have been better than what you just did and what you just said. You know, couldn't you come up with something better than that? And then this little voice inside of me said, yeah, you should have said that was totally insensitive. Honey, I am so sorry for being a jerk. And then I said to that little voice, do you have anything else? <laughs> because I walk in darkness. And there's self-righteousness inside of me. And there's greed inside of me. There's deceit inside of me. And I can give in to fear and yet uh, pretend as though, you know, I was really being brave. Sometimes I don't know the right thing to do. And yet I can maybe pretend like I do. Sometimes I know the right thing to do and I don't want to do it because of the consequences. Or maybe there's even something darker going on. Sometimes I compare myself to somebody else. And then I hear something bad happening from that person's life, and inside I almost feel good, kind of superior. And then I think, man, where did that come from? There's darkness inside me. There's darkness in this world. And this is what the scripture says in John 3. Jesus said, this is the testimony that the light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds are evil. God says, I don't want you to live in darkness. I sent my son to give you light, to change your world, to change your heart, to change your life, to light up your world. Maybe you remember the story of those 12 Thai children. They were in Thailand. They are on a soccer team called the Wild Boars, and uh, they were coming away from a practice, and they went to this large cave that they would often go to. And they went inside the cave. They didn't have any food. They just had their jerseys on. And they went in with a torch, thinking they'd be in there for an hour. They were led in there by their coach. And all of a sudden, the monsoons were raining, and it started flooding into the cave, all within this hour. And so they had to go further back in the cave to avoid the water. 
And so the further back in the cave they would go through these different rooms and the water kept coming in and filling up in these rooms. They ended up going back two and a half miles back into the cave and getting stuck there in the dark. And the world was concerned. I remember praying. This is just back in the summer. Just everybody wondering, are these kids alive? You know, some of them are 11 and 12 years old. They can't, some of them can't swim. And, and nine days goes by as they're in the dark. And they sent teams of divers in and professionals and Navy SEALs and hundreds of volunteers are helping on the outside. Companies around the world are trying to figure out, put all of their creative brain power together. How are we going to rescue these kids? How are we going to find these kids? And finally, two British divers kind of goes through this raging, muddy river with zero visibility, and they pop up into the room where these kids are scared. They're huddled together on a shelf above the water, and they're just waiting for rescue, hoping for rescue. The good news was that they were found. I mean, all 12 of them, all, including the coach 13, were saved. They were okay. But now the question is, how do we get them out of here? It's two and a half miles in, and it took hours and hours and hours to be able to get to them, and some of them couldn't swim, and they had to pull them through this raging river. They put a mask over them with oxygen in the mask. They were tethered to someone in front, someone behind them, these specialized Navy SEALs, and they were able to get one kid out at a time, wondering, would the kid make it? Would he drown? And they were able to get every single kid out of the cave, out of the dark, into the light. And it was a celebration of all the families, all the moms and dads. And of course, they're home now for Christmas. But there was a huge cost. And the cost was the life of a Navy SEAL, a former Navy SEAL, 38-year-old Saman Gunan, a, a, a Thai Navy SEAL who lost his life bringing oxygen tanks on this mission to get oxygen into the cave because the cave was running out of oxygen. And so he laid his life down for that rescue. One of the most dramatic rescues uh, on this planet was that one that happened. The most dramatic rescue that's ever happened in the universe is Christmas. It's when God sent his son to bring light into our darkness. And with ultimate self-sacrifice, Jesus lays down his life. Remember, God saw the human race, and he saw us in the dark. He saw us living apart from God. He saw us trying to make it on our own, stained with sin, fearful, obsessed with worry, trying to carve out our own way. And God sees this, and when he sees it, he doesn't just send a punishment. He doesn't send a warning. He doesn't send a rebuke or an idea or a new religion. He sends a person, and his name is Jesus. He sends his own son to be born as an infant and then live as a man and die on the cross in order to rescue you and me and bring us back into his family. And so when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, those are powerful words, especially when we know what it cost him. John 3.16, 
says God loved the world so much he gave his only son. That's Christmas. So that whoever believes in him may not be lost or have to live in darkness, but have everlasting life. And I love this next verse, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save it. Don't you love that? That's good news. That's the good news. That's the hope of the gospel that Christmas reveals to us. That when we see what Christmas really is, it shows us, it makes this powerful statement of our value to God. Because on that very first Christmas, you remember the angel said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God didn't send Jesus to this earth to scare you, but to save you. He says there's going to be good news of great joy. And when we identify with Christ, and when we walk with Christ in the light that he provides, it puts something in us called joy. Even in the most dire circumstances, there's a joy that can be found. And in, 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 in heaven, every time even one person turns to follow God, the angels break out in joy. They throw a party. And then he says this, don't be afraid. There's going to be good news with great joy for who? All people. All people. It doesn't matter who you are. Catholic, Protestant, Jewish, Buddhist, Baptist, Muslim, Mormon, or an agnostic or a skeptic. It's for all people everywhere. It's for you. Today, a Savior has been born for you. That's Christmas. He is Jesus Christ the Lord, and he says, I came to seek and to save the lost. Imagine the heart of God when a human being who's headed into an eternity without him comes home to him. A lot of people think, man, if I come to God, he's going he's gonna to just scold me. He's going to tell me all the things that I've done wrong. And let me tell you something. God isn't mad at you. God is mad about you. God loves you. You are valuable to him. And the story of Christmas proves it. What a staggering statement when Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He wants to give you life, and that life is light. God says, there is nothing you can do. Nothing you can do to make me love you any more than I do right now. And God says, there's nothing you can do to make me love you any less. Because God's love is not based on your performance. God's love is unconditional. It can't be earned. And all we can do is receive it. All we can do is be thankful for it and respond to it. Some of us just need to hear that this morning. Because some of us this morning feel like, man, I'm doing everything I can to try and hold on to God's hand in my life right now. And God wants to remind you that he's holding on to you. That his grip is stronger than yours will ever be. And you can actually just let God hold you. Let God love you. Let God rescue you. Because he's here. And he brought you here today to tell you that he loves you that he sent his son to rescue you and he wants to chart out your future 
He wants us to walk with him in the light, to walk in the truth, and to walk letting him lead and guide the way. Let's pray right now. Would you bow your head with me as we pray? God, I know that when I talk of rescue, for some of us, it just feels very humbling to feel like I need God. I need help. I need rescue. And yet, what a wise thing, what a powerful thing when we come to the place where we realize I can't save myself. I can't pay for my own sins. I can't dig myself out of every ditch. I can't restore the relationships that are in my life right now. I need help. I need God. I need Jesus Christ. So, Lord, would you come this morning and bring rescue? Come and bring mercy, bring help. Maybe you're here this morning. God has been speaking to you and You've been connecting with what I'm saying this morning because it's not just me. It's God speaking to you. He brought you here for a reason. And if that's you, I, I just want to invite you right now just to say yes to God. Jesus said it this way. He said, but to all who believed him, that's Jesus, and accepted him, he gave the right to become the children of God. It's not complicated. It's not rocket science. It's when we place our trust and our faith in Jesus and we accept his love and we accept his forgiveness. I want to pray right now and invite you to pray along with me. God, I don't understand everything about you, but I'm asking you to come into my life right now and I'm asking you this Christmas today, right now, Lord, would you forgive me? Would you come in and lead me and guide me and bring light in those dark places of my life, my heart, my mind, my thinking, my relationships? God, I need you. And I'm accepting you. I'm receiving you as both my Savior and my Lord. Make me new. Chart out the course of my 2019 Help me. Strengthen me. Just in this quiet moment as we're praying, if that was you, would you just lift your hand as a sign to God just to let me know that you prayed that along with me. Thank you. Good for you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. 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 God, you see each and every one of these hands, and you know what's going on in their life. You know what's going on in their heart. Or maybe you've been watching um, online and you responded, God is doing something very special, very unique, very personal to you in your heart right now. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you just flood them with light, flood them with love, flood them, Lord, with new friendships and a new future, a new direction. And God, each one of us just says, thank you, because that rescue you provided is available every day. <laughs> that we wake up, that we can lean on you and trust you and call out to you. And so, Lord, we're doing that now. And we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, opened your heart to God, I just want to say this. I'm so thankful. I'm so excited for you. I know the angels in heaven are rejoicing over you right now. 
love to provide a Bible for you if you don't happen to have one. Make sure and just stop by the Welcome uh, Center on the way out and pick up a Bible. They're free. Just want you to have something to keep nourishing what God is doing in your life. And want to uh, invite you, come back to church. Get a part. Make it a habit to be involved in putting yourself in the place where God can speak to you on a regular basis and provide friends in your life. Well, if you received a candle, would you pull that out right now? We're going to have that opportunity to light those right now. And what a great, just a, a tangible reminder that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And he lights up our life. And he wants us to light up other people's light, lives too. He wants us to be light in a dark place. Maybe that feels like your work or the place you go to school. God wants to use you as light in those places where he brings you. So as we light these candles, uh, I want to invite you to, uh, to allow someone to light their candle off of you. And, and uh, when they do, would you just say light of the world to them? Oh, we got some candles already going here. Good for you. Oh, here we go. Oh, you got a lighter. That's even better. Thank you. We're going to sing one last Christmas song, and I want to encourage you to listen to others around you. Just, it's a good reminder that we are not alone in our faith. We have the body of Christ to come around us. So I'm going to start us off by singing Silent Night, and I want you to continue and sing out. Heavenly 
started just from one and then it passes from person to person and it lights up an entire room and the potential of every one of our lives is that we can light up this whole community so as you look at this candle and just think about the warmth and the peace and the light that God brings into our life would you just thank him quietly silently right now in your own words thank you God go with us go before us we honor you we worship you help us be light in our families and in our city and in our world we pray in Jesus name blow it out and when we do don't blow it too hard so it blows hot wax at the person in front of you ready one two three awesome great well we want to wish you a merry christmas and i'd love for you to um make sure when you leave here if you haven't had your picture taken we have a professional photographer michael franklin out in the lobby make sure and get a free photo taken of your family and when you leave, would you please turn right when you get out to Division, when you leave our parking lot? Turn right. It will help everybody exit safely and quickly. And, and then you just swing back around when you get to the light and go back north if you need to. And uh, your kids are waiting for you. God bless you. Have a wonderful Christmas. <laughs>